again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C. and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to the Scott Adams Show, and we got a late start today. Uh, there's, <laughs> I, I can't make any excuses. We're just late. Um, but uh, in any case, um, Trump won New Hampshire, right? And uh, I would imagine that Nikki Haley is going to be stepping down, but she's not. You know, she's just going to keep on going like the. Because she's going to spend other people's money. She she somehow thinks this is good for her. But um, I don't know, man. I don't know why she's doing what she's doing. Um, except for the fact that I think she's probably a liberal. And that she hates, she hates this country. She hates, um, you know, America first policy. Yet she took the paycheck when she signed up for... Um, tr- the Trump team in in the 2016-2020. Ronald McDaniel is calling for Nikki to drop out of the race. <clears throat> let's take a let's take a quick listen to that because you know um, Ronald McDaniel's in big trouble. She's doing a poor job. Let's take a listen forward, and I don't see it for Nikki Haley. I think she's run a great campaign. But I do think there is a message that's coming out from the voters, which is very clear. We need to unite around our eventual nominee, which is going to be Donald Trump. And we need to make sure we beat Joe Biden. It is 10 months away till the November election. And we can't wait any longer to put our foot on the gas, to beat the worst president, to beat a president that's kept our borders open, allowed fentanyl to pour through, allowed inflation to to go rampant. He is hurting the American people, and we need to do everything we can to unite so that we can defeat him. So looking at the math and the yeah. path going— So, you know, that's, that's Ronna McDaniel. Uh, I can't stand her, really, but what can I say? I mean, I have to play her because she's the leader of the party. But So here's what Ron, uh, uh, Byron Donalds had to say about it. Let me see. Big night for President Trump. 
Uh, look, this thing is over. We know this. This is yeah, going to be Nikki course. Haley's biggest opportunity. She's 10 points down with 50% of the vote in. This is like when you start off on those roller coasters, Sean, and you start really low. That's where she started, 1%, 2%. You crest all the way up. You think things are going well, and then you go over the edge, and it's downhill from there. South Carolina is not going to go well for her. Nevada is not going to go well for her. Florida is not going to go well for her. It's time for the party to unite. This primary is over, but she wants to hang around, so we're going to have to beat her in a couple more state yeah and you know she's gonna get crushed in nevada but she's gonna go all in on south carolina i think that's gonna be the biggest embarrassment for nikki halley and it's gonna also be a truth teller and a wake-up call because i mean what does she need you know what 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 signal does she need all she's trying to do is embarrass and hurt trump and give credibility to the indictment and to the political prosecutions and persecutions. That's all she's doing. And she's funded by Koch brothers who hate Trump. Why? Because Trump wants to close the border. The Koch brothers love open borders. That's what it is. And the Koch brothers are her biggest funder. I am telling you the truth. That sounds made up. It's not. I've read that report. I read it. I learned it. It is true. It sounds mythical. It is not. Renovation. These are very dishonest people, and you're always fighting them. And just a little note to Nikki. She's not going to win. She's not going to win. But if she did... She would be under investigation by those people in 15 minutes. And I could tell you five reasons why already. Not big reasons. A little stuff that she doesn't (laughs) want to talk about. But she will be under investigation within minutes. And so would Ron have been. But he decided to get out. He decided to get out. Now, Vivek, I don't think, would be at all because he's perfect, right? (laughs) Renovation. Uh, These are very dishonest. I I actually think that Vivek, you know, a lot of people are saying Tucker. Benny Johnson's talking about Tucker as VP. And I would love Tucker as VP. I just think that, what can I say? I love Tucker, actually. I mean, the thing is, is that either Vivek or Tucker is going to be too extreme. Uh, That's why I think that uh, Ben Carson still has legs. Ben Carson is probably the smartest guy in the room. I mean, I've seen this guy talk and talk, and he is so brilliant. He He is really a smart guy. Now, when he was young and he stabbed somebody and he caught the belt buckle and he didn't kill him, I mean, that, that's a weird story. And there's something weird about that. But if, if, for those who don't know, look it up. But, uh, but Ben Carson, I've seen him also be brilliant. And, uh, and I don't know, man. But so... And then there's Carrie, Carrie uh, Lake. Of all the women 
that I think would be great VP picks for Trump. My first choice would be uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders from Arkansas. And then uh, Carrie Lake. It wouldn't be uh, Gnome from South Dakota. Um, and uh, and then if you want something from color, of course, it's going to be Ben Carson. Um, but if you want a mix of all these things, uh, the, the, I think that the biggest uh, area that you have to focus on is youth. It's age. It's not race. It's not gender. It's youth. It's a generation. And that's where... That's where Vivek comes in handy. So that's what we have to start thinking about too, right? Is who's going to be the Veep? Right? So be interesting. It's it's all very, very, also very, very interesting, right? So it says here, Reed Hoffman the billionaire that is funding the lawfare against Donald Trump and funding Nikki Haley campaign. Let's take a listen. Despite his remarkable achievements, Hoffman has not been immune to controversy. He's the guy his from, name has been linked to Jeffrey Epstein. He's the guy from LinkedIn. Uh, so you, you want LinkedIn sucks, in my opinion. I, I think LinkedIn is an awful platform in a lot of ways. But I was banned. I, I used to post my shows and stuff on there. They banned me for life. And I didn't do anything outrageous. I just was posting my shows and stuff. And then they banned me. LinkedIn is worse than the, all of them combined. Well, Mark Zuckerberg, I don't think anybody gets any worse than Mark Zuckerberg. He's a he's a Hitler Hitler Hitlerian tyrant, okay? Is what the people running Facebook are Hitlerian. Like they're Nazis. But yeah, I don't think any, anything can get worse than that. But LinkedIn is just about as bad. And all these people, you know, they, they, they started their, their, their stuff out of San Francisco. Nancy Pelosi country. You know? But let's take a listen to this. Despite his remarkable achievements, Hoffman has not been immune to controversy. His name has been linked to Jeffrey Epstein, convicted sex offender, after news of his visit to Epstein's private island came to light. Little St. James Island, located in the Caribbean, has gained notoriety due to its association with the convicted sex offender Jeffrey Epstein. This private island, often referred to as Pedophile Island, was a playground for the rich and powerful, where Epstein <laughs> allegedly engaged in illicit activities. Despite... So that's what this Reed Hoffman is into. He's into all that. He's a billionaire. He's funding the lawfare against Donald Trump. Like, for example, he's the one that's funding and financing E. Jean Carroll. Okay? E. Jean Carroll's whole legal defense, uh, prosecution of Trump is funded by... The guy who owns LinkedIn, Reed Hoffman. Hello? And then uh, he is also funding Nikki Haley. Get it? I mean, I don't know. I'm connecting these dots for, you know, everybody. But get it? I mean, please get it. <laughs> 
Please understand that. Let's so, just review the night. Uh, I want to use the word stunning, Trace, in relation to both candidates. So Donald Trump, this was a stunning victory for him. This was the state that is, of all the Republican primary states, oh, the worst oh, yeah. in the whole country. Yeah, this is the worst state in the whole country for Trump, right? It only gets better for Trump from here. But Trump is the first Republican candidate to ever win both Iowa and New Hampshire. And I don't know, maybe it's the first candidate that ever did that. Uh, not just Republican. I I remember Clinton uh, lost Iowa and then won New Hampshire, I guess it was, something like that. that it was right at New Hampshire that uh, James Carville said, it's the economy, stupid. It was brilliant. It was a brilliant move. It, it made Jim Jim Carville rich. <laughs> Trust me. Um, but I remember that like it was yesterday almost. But uh, well, and how time flies, right? That was 1992. Um, but yeah, so that and then this will also be the first time a Republican. This is what I heard. Uh, from a guy that was speaking in Davos, and he said, this will be the first time that, and I guess it was a Republican that's ever going to win three nominations in a row. So I I don't know if that's true or not, but I heard that said, and I was like, yeah, that's kind of a rare club at the very least, right? For Donald Trump, and he wins... (laughs) A majority, he wins over 50% and looks like a double-digit victory over Nikki Haley. That is a stunning result. Then you look at Nikki Haley, and it's not so much the result. I mean, by the way, as Alexis said, this is exactly what she and the never-Trump Republican establishment dreamed of. The two-horse race in a state (coughs) that favors Nikki Haley and is the worst for Donald Trump. And she's defeated by double digits. But the worst thing was that speech. Nikki Haley's speech, stunningly bad judgment. Let's just think about the situation she's in. She wants to go to South Carolina, a state where she's Mm -hmm. miles behind Donald Trump currently. 20, 30, 40 points behind Donald Trump. She needs to persuade Republicans who currently support Trump to switch to her. So what does she do in that speech tonight? Attack Donald Trump more aggressively than she's ever done before. It is stunningly bad judgment. It makes me think, actually, she knows she's going to lose. She's not interested in even trying to win votes. She's got something else going on. Maybe her head's been turned by all the media adulation she's got in the last couple of days. It's impossible to understand what she's trying to do with that speech tonight. Right. And uh, here's what's happening. You got a black senator, Tim Scott, that's going to, that's already endorsed Trump. Right now, Tim Scott, to his discredit, um, already, you know, said he was not going to run for president if Trump was running. And he did. He broke his promise. So he's a politician and he's a rhino, a little bit of a rhino. But it's South Carolina. What do you expect? I mean, honestly, that the politics coming out of South Carolina is just utterly corrupt. Uh, I would say that there's uh, some really great congressman uh, my father's guy uh, uh, fry comes to mind and uh, my father's really high on fry and and i think he is a totally legit dude and i kind of like nancy mace um although she's rubbed me the wrong way a couple of times um south carolina but Lindsey graham i've never never liked Lindsey. 
I can't trust him as far as I could throw him. But here's the thing. Senators, right? Statewide uh, elections, statewide candidates. You just, you don't know what you're going to get out of South Carolina. But the two biggest, most prominent Congress, you know, politicians out of South Carolina right now are Tim Scott and Lindsey Graham. And they both love Trump for a lot of reasons. Uh, I mean, Lindsey Graham is loves Biden just about more than he loves Trump. And so go figure. But he'll say and do anything for politics, right? Lindsey, he, he's just a bought and paid for sh- sludge. You know, like he's a slime ball is what he is. In, in reality and in truth, he is that. But... Um, for some reason, you know, he understands that being on the winning ticket is is a good thing for him. We're going to go ahead and uh, take a caller. Uh, caller's coming in early. I, all right, caller, you're on the air. This is uh, Rob from Utah, right? Yes, it is. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. Yeah, have you ever been to South Carolina? My father lives there. I go there all the time. What part does he live in? Myrtle Beach. He lives in he lives I, I in gotta, he lives in Myrtle's Inlet. Oh, I got a, I got I got a couple places out there in Conway and 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 Mullins too and Dillon up there in the county of Dillon. All right, it's Trump country. It's all Trump country. Yeah, well, it's Trump country where my dad politics. lives too. I I I can't I I've never met a liberal where my dad lives. And it's kind of weird because, you know, I lived in New York City, I lived in Philly, and I lived in D.C., and that's where I live now. And I got to tell you, I'm surrounded by liberals everywhere I go. And when I go down to my dad's house, it's like everybody loves me. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't understand it, but it is what it is. And I guess the mindset to change them. But, you know, the uh, thing, the real reason why I'm calling is that, you know, I this, this country really, every citizen has to get educated on the Constitution and understand that paper and document because that's how the country is supposed to be run. It's our rule book. Yeah, I mean, like this whole thing going to Don in Texas with the border. Governor Abbott has all the right in the world <clears throat> to defend it, to put razor wire up, to put armed national guard soldiers on his border and to completely protect it it's, it's in the constitution it's right. article 1 section 10 i'm glad i'm talking to I, you I heard Mike Lee. <clears throat> how in the I, world I did the Mike supreme Lee. court come to that conclusion how in the world did they do that it's corruption they're, 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 it's just like when you said how the Koch brothers are funding nikki haley and they want open borders it's not that they want open borders all of these people want no accountability for the money that's being printed. That's they're thugs. It's thuggery. They're stealing our tax dollars. At this point now, we're thirty-four trillion dollars in debt. They're actually stealing your kids' futures. That's what they're doing. And the American people need to get woken up. I mean, there's no numeration in the Constitution for us to be sending billions of dollars to foreign countries for foreign aid. It completely should be stopped. There's no numeration. These people need to be incarcerated and put in jail. 
If you want to fix this problem, you take one of these son of a and yeah. you hang them. Let's keep it clean, right? son. Let's in keep the, it clean. The, <laughs> uh, I'm telling you, we need to get – what would your founding fathers do for the things that are going on today that you see? Oh, they, I know what they would do. But I, I'm telling you, that the people need to get educated on the Constitution. I'm hearing Mike Lee talk about it now. Carrie Lake was talking about it 10 months ago. I happened to post that on her Facebook page about Article 1, Section 10. I love Carrie. I, I love Carrie Lake. I think that she is such a trooper. And she's been through it. And she's been through it. I mean, she's not just a pretty face. She's a tough hombre. And, and I got to tell you, man, I mean, she just puts it out there. And she is a true patriot. We got to get back to common sense, and that's that's why I think this Nikki Haley is still pushing it. Because hold on, just a sec. Uh, 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 I don't know how I mean, these. We're, 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 so we got we got multiple people on now. Um, but go ahead. Good. Yeah. I mean, we have illegal immigrants in five star hotels in the state of New York for six months now, seven months. We're paying them 2200 bucks a day. We're giving them a free phone, health care. We can't afford this. Right. Not to mention our national security. Rob, Rob, hang on just a second. So we have another caller. Caller, you're on the air. Can you hear me? Yeah. Where, what's your name and where are you calling from? My name Donna from California. Okay, what do you have to say? Yeah, and Rob, want, Rob also is on. Tim, I just want to say something real fast about Tim Scott, which I don't like because he banned the Confederate flag. And anybody who's in the South that uh, doesn't allow people to have their heritage and allow how history, I don't like. I don't like him. Right. Anyway, I, I'm not yeah. a big fan of Tim That's Scott a, either. Right. We want the people know, and I'm going to let you go. And let's go, uh, Donald Trump. All right. Is this your first time calling in? Hello. What's that? I don't know. <laughs> Rob. Anyway, I'll we're let back you go, to you. My friend. I got to get. I got to get moving here. Okay. Um, it's great talking to you, but everyone needs to get ed- take that that document and read it and try to get define all the amendments and everything in the Constitution in your head. If you don't understand it, read it and read it again and try to understand it. I'm still learning things, but. That's our law of the land. That's how this country is supposed to be running. That's the right. government is not supposed to be run from the top down. It's supposed to be run from the bottom up. That's right. That's our problem. That's exactly right. Exactly right. Yeah, thank you. All right. Thank you so much Take for care. calling in today. Take care. Yeah, he's exactly correct, folks. That's exactly the way this country is supposed to be run from the bottom up. And um, when he's right, he's right, right? And uh, um, that's not what's going on right now. And there's not a lot of accountability. There's not a lot of accountability either. That's, That's the other problem. They're lying through their teeth. We can't have liars, can we? So... Jack Posobiec says infiltration of the Democrat voters in the New Hampshire Republican primary is causing the media uh, promote the media promote Nikki Haley as a viable candidate. 
So let's take a listen to this. Any Nikki Haley viability is brought to you by New Hampshire Democrats. Jack. Charlie, look, it, it, it's, it's bigger. Than, it, it's going beyond this. OK, we said this was going to be a problem early on. Now we've seen CNN is all over it. And who is laughing about it? Joe Biden's own campaign is sharing clips of this laughing in the faces of Republicans, of Trump voters, of Trump supporters. They're saying that, look, there's people registered to vote in your primary who are against Donald Trump. They think he's anti-democracy. So this is already being, Charlie, we are witnessing in real time the birth of a media psyop, a major oh, no, no. media Jack, psyop. I got to update you on this. you and I predicted. Yes. Yeah, so right here, I, I have a good friend right now watching Fox News for us. Fox News quote. No, it's, it, it, they said, quote, uh, Nikki Haley is doing much better than expected. They just said that on here air on Fox. Here no, we go. And by the way, that's when people said, oh, here you comes. know, you guys are being too negative. No, 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 no. Hold on a second. We're covering it accurately and we're telling you the next op and ton of the op that's happening in real time. It's, it's so jarring to me. It's a PSYOP, folks. It's a PSYOP. So this fool, it says here, this fool is an independent who voted for Nikki Haley in the Republican primary. But if she wins the Republican nomination, he'll vote for Joe Biden. Let's take a listen. Nikki Haley. And why did you vote for Nikki Haley? Uh, It's a vote against Trump. Um, I think it would be better to have her against Biden in the... uh, elections and it would be trump and her do you consider yourself generally independent republican or democrat uh democrat so when you undeclared you voted for nikki haley if it was nikki haley against joe biden in a general election who are you voting for joe biden what is the nikki haley get it (laughs) are you getting it i don't know man that's right there in front of your face nikki haley didn't just experience racism in a beauty pageant she also didn't fit in during segregated kickball (laughs) um but it was hard you know i remember on the kickball field going out there and and there being two groups and saying pick one and one was a group of black kids and one was a group of white kids and i they said which one are you and i said i'm brown i you know i'm neither and that was the first time i realized that differences matter but I grabbed the ball and I ran, and before we knew it, we were all playing again. And so- <sighs> bird brain, bird brain, she's a bird brain. Um, just crazy. Exit polling reveals seventy percent of those who voted for Nikki Haley in New Hampshire were not registered Republicans. Let's take a listen take to this. Take a look at the numbers among Trump voters. Seventy percent of them, according to our exit polls, are registered Republicans. Donald Trump. His support, 27% of his voters are registered undeclared or independents. Uh, 3% were unregistered before today. Look at how that compares with Nikki Haley. It's a complete reversal. It's an alternate universe. Among (laughs) Haley voters, 70% are registered undeclared. Only 27% are registered. Oh, my God. Wow, that's crazy. Did you hear that? Did you hear it? I mean, that is absolutely bonkers so cat turd who recently appeared on tucker carlson the funniest thing i've ever seen in politics is nikki haley giving victory speeches every time she loses (laughs) oh you gotta love it all right 
Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley, this you? Uh, thank you for bringing to, to light. So let's take a listen to this. This is a debate, Vivek and Nikki. Now you're a multimillionaire. That math does not add up. It adds up to the fact that you are corrupt. And when I said they were bought and paid for, I meant the <laughs> Republican establishment, not the Democratic establishment. Now you have Reed Hoffman, the person who's effectively George Soros Jr. funding. Okay, law- that's the LinkedIn guy I told you about. That's a pedophile that used to hang out at Epstein Island, right? Okay, Reed Hoffman. Suits across this country against Donald Trump to keep him off the ballot, funding left-wing causes. We discover this week that he is one of <clears throat> Nikki Haley's largest supporters. Larry Fink, the king of the woke industrial complex, the ESG movement, the CEO of BlackRock, BlackRock, the most powerful company in the world, now supporting Nikki Haley. And to say that doesn't affect her is false because it's after that meeting later that day that she says that every American needs to be doxxed by having their ID, their government-issued ID, tied to what they say on the Internet. So I think that this is far more corrupt than I even imagined when I entered politics. But I will say this. It is going to take a leader from the outside with fresh legs from the next generation to unite this country, not the broken politicians who are puppets of the puppet masters, but the actual people in this country. Say what you want about Vivek and how he got his billions um, through biotech and some of the crimes that I think he committed. And they weren't crimes per se. They were sleight of hand kind of uh, unethical things that he did to uh, get to where he was using his mom to approve a, uh, a test that gave him a green light to allow him to push some biotech onto the market, make billions, and then have it be disapproved again because it wasn't really up to snuff. And I guess that is a crime, actually. But um, say what you will about that. That's the free market crime. Political crimes, I think, are worse. They're worse. Now, Trump is not guilty of any of those. Trump, you know, basically had a legit business of real estate where people got what they paid for. So that's why the whole thing that's happening in New York about the valuation, you know, um, it was very made very, very clear uh, that uh, the, the guy from Shark Tank, you know, said everybody and their brother does exactly what Trump did. Everybody and their brother did that, you know. But um, that's, you know, and I, I was so interested in what he had to say uh, about that. And I thought, uh, I'm, tra- I'm drawing a blank on the guy's name, but he's a Shark Tank guy that uh, was asked about Trump. And um, uh, let's see, I'm, I'm actually going to try to find that, but I can't. Yeah, I think it, I think it's right here. Let's take a listen. Kevin O'Leary says Trump is being unfairly. Let's take a listen. New York Attorney General Letitia James sued former President Donald Trump, alleging he inflated his real estate values for financial gain. 
seeking $370 million in fines, James also wants to prohibit Trump from future real estate dealings in New York, which would deal a crushing blow to his real estate empire. Many critics, however, question the lawsuit's logic, including Shark Tank, star Kevin O'Leary, who doubts it will survive appeal. O'Leary noted that developers commonly inflate property valuations to secure larger loans, not just Donald Trump. Like Trump, O'Leary argues that since banks negotiate these valuations and loans are usually repaid without financial harm, the practice isn't necessary. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to find that. I want to I want to actually find that clip. Uh, it would be great if I could get this. Uh, real estate development. Yeah, let's let's take a well, listen. Well, the multi-million-dollar question tonight: Will Don on on a block anywhere in America and right here? Development. This anyway. is it. This is this is what I was Does looking this for. Case this is CNN, as- by the way. This is on CNN. You have to hear this. Okay, I can't believe I've never played this for you. I saw this in real time. I was on a treadmill, and I took a picture of it. And you know, like, because I was on a treadmill, and I took a picture of it. And uh, I was like, I gotta play this for my audience, and I forgot. <laughs> so here it is. Odd. <clears throat> well, let's leave out Trump for a minute, and let's leave out politics, and just talk about what happens in real estate development anywhere. So, if you're a developer and you've got a building on on a block anywhere in America, and it's worth let's say five hundred million dollars, and you want to build a building right beside it, you go to the bank and say. This building is worth $500 million. I'd like to borrow a construction finance loan against this asset, and I want you to tell me it's worth $500 million too. And the bank negotiates with you and says, well, no, we think it's worth $400 million. And you fight it out. You're always trying to show your assets in the brightest light with the sunshine you could possibly determine for them. You want them to be worth the very most. Because you're only going to get a 40 or 50% loan to value, as it's called. Then you borrow that money. In the case of a $500 million asset, maybe you get $250 million, And you build a new building with a construction finance loan. And so that's what this case is all about. What, and, and by the way, forget about Trump. Every single real estate developer everywhere on earth does this. They always talk about their asset being worth a lot. And the bank says no. And that's just the way it is. So in this case, when I'm trying to figure out, and I'm not pro or con, or I don't care about the politics, who lost money? Nobody. The bank got paid back the construction finance loan, and a new building was built. And if, if you're going to sue this case and win, you've got to sue every real estate developer everywhere. This is all they do. This is what they do all day long, every day. So I don't think this thing will ever survive appeal, regardless of what the fine is. This doesn't even make sense. Now, look, I know Trump's got a lot of problems in other indictments and everything else. But but this if you're a real estate developer, you're watching this, you're saying, what is this? This is ridiculous. Well, you know, the thing is, most people who are in this world are not real estate developers, and they necessarily don't know that this is the way maybe things are done, even if it might be violative of the law. But the question about who loses money, and I've heard this argument, and he's raised this argument, and others have raised this argument, but who's real victim here? How about the fact that um, you can get a tax benefit for having overvalued or having a different value that's actually normal? Doesn't that deprive the state of revenue? Is that enough, do you think? By the way, <clears throat> this is a black woman on CNN, Laura Coates. 
And I think she's great because she was doing really great reporting, probably better than anybody on Fox. And uh, just keeping it real. <laughs> I know you're laughing. <laughs> you better be but this is rich people problems are very different than my world. Go ahead. <laughs> the, the, I, I mean, I get it. I get it. I totally get it. And you're making a valid point. But it's humorous in the sense that you have to sue every single real estate developer here in Miami, in Chicago, in Los Angeles, in Detroit, in Dallas. This is what they do every day. This is what the real estate game is all about. It's getting construction financing against stabilized assets. When a building is fully leased out and everybody's renting it and you've got offices or you've got apartments in it, it's called a stable asset. And you value it and you go to the bank and say, this asset is worth $500 million, And I want to borrow $250 million against it. And the bank always negotiates with you. Everybody understands how this works. And that's why I think it's going to be very, very hard to make this stick in, in, in reality later. This is, this is not, of all the things that Trump's being accused of and being litigated for and indicted for, this is not his problem. This is, this, this is not his problem. He's got much worse problems than this. This is, for real estate developers, this is a joke. It's fascinating to me to hear this perspective because you don't often hear it from that particular angle. And of course, you wonder, if everyone's doing it and one would have to sue everybody, does that mean that they got to have a, a bigger prosecutor's office or that the laws have to change to make it? No, uh, I mean, I mean, no, you, you just cannot leave do, it alone. What is the solution leave here? it alone. You get punished for it, it works. or you shouldn't do it or you know what? It's called capitalism. It should be okay. <clears throat> the first question, is everybody doing it in real estate? Yes. Yes. Everybody's doing it. Not only domestically, all <laughs> around the world. This is how it works, okay? Now, you don't want to be Donald Trump and get embroiled in what looks like, I mean, it looks to me in this presidential race, and I'm not in favor of this, that, that the courts are being used to try and sway voters on both sides of the equation. I don't understand Bingo. why we're trying to, you know, impeach Biden. What a waste of time. And, and his son and all this stuff and all of this litigation on Trump hasn't moved the needle for either of these candidates. It do, people don't care about this noise anymore. And it's obvious when you look at these poll results. And so why keep doing it? I mean, let the voters vote and decide on the merits of both. I'd rather hear policy. I'd rather not hear about Trump's real estate woes in New York. I'd like to hear his tax plan. I want to hear about security at the border. I'd like to hear foreign policy from both of these candidates so I can make a decision as a voter on which of these people should be president. And the rest of this stuff is just horrific noise. When in America do we sue sitting presidents and former presidents? We've never done this before. This is mad, really bad for the American brand. This is kind of, it feels like Venezuela to me or something. This is nuts. I'd rather, we're so close to the election. We're months this away. This is, this is the world. policy. Give me some meat on the bone. This stuff's getting too crazy. This is the world post-Obama. This is Obama's creation. This is what's going on. And truly, we are looking like a banana republic. And people like Vladimir Putin are laughing their heads off. And calling it for what it is accurately i played for you vladimir putin talking about our rigged elections and how democrats are paying their ballot harvesters ten dollars per ballot 
and that's all it is. It's a joke in America. He said that to the world. And then Lavrov, their foreign minister, uh, basically said that we're burying all kinds of chemical weapons and bioweapons in Ukraine. And that, that, that's exactly one of the threats that's going on. Um, also, Turkey just voted in NATO to allow, I mean, uh, to allow Sweden into NATO. Great. Fabulous. Right? I mean, tell me that's not um, NATO aggression. Tell me that's not. I'll debate that every day of the week for you, with you. <clears throat> it is aggression. It is expansion. It is a threat to Russia. And the fact that Sweden got in on that is a dumb move. So now they're going to be part of NATO. What is NATO trying to do? NATO has become the global tyrant. And Russia is becoming the victim. And I, I could I could leave it at that. I could expand on that, but I'll leave it at that because that is that. It is terrible what NATO is doing. Terrible. I think NATO at this point should be disbanded. It's too aggressive and too threatening. And not only that, but it's misguided and it's socialist. It's run by liberals and only liberals. And that is the biggest problem of all. Is their social, social communistic tendencies. So let's take, take a listen. Uh, World Economic Forum. Globalists. Liberals. Socialists. Communists. Depopulationists tyranny they managed to actually have kevin roberts president of heritage foundation deliver some hard truths to attendees at the world economic forum i couldn't believe that they actually had this guy appear but he said the reason why you had me here is to give you the other side he was one of one <clears throat> And let's take a listen. Kind of person. The kind of person, and I'll be candid here because I think I've been invited here to be candid. That's the kind of person who will come. Okay, so that's exactly why he was invited there. Okay, to be candid. Okay, let's take a listen. Conservative administration is going to be governed by one principle, and that is destroying the grasp that political elites and unelected technocrats have over the average person. And if I may, I will be candid and say that the agenda that every single member of the administration needs to have is to compile a list of everything that's ever been proposed at the World Economic Forum and object <laughs> all of them wholesale. Anyone not prepared to do that and take away this power of the unelected bureaucrats and give it back to the American people is unprepared to be part of the next conservative administration. Okay, that's very clear. And as you said, you... Uh 
I think uh, one of your tweets on the lead up to here was also uh, that you're here to usher the devoisie into early retirement. So um, I'm heading that way already. So I'm probably all right on that front. But uh, thank you. And we appreciate your candor and being candid. Otherwise, this panel uh, is not going to make sense. So thank you very much for that. And, and goodbye. It, <laughs> similar kind of thing. We might all be ushered on this panel. We might be ushered out. Um, and you said to yourself a minute ago, anyone who's kind of not with the program is not going to be in, in an administration. Um, you know, one thing that Davos, you might say, and the people come here stand up for is liberal democracy. So if the idea that's going to be swept under the table is part of the idea, hopefully that's not what he means. What do you mean? What do you think he means by retribution? Well, it's laughable that you would or anyone would describe Davos as protecting liberal democracy. It's equally, standing up for it. <clears throat> it's 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 equally laughable to use the word dictatorship at Davos and and aim that at President Trump. In fact, I think that's absurd. But I'm going to step aside from that constructive criticism and instead answer your question. Yep. And, and I'm going to be substantive here. President Trump, if he's the next president, for that matter, I think whoever the next conservative president is going to take on the power of the elites, which I mentioned earlier. But there, the, the thing that I want to drive home here, the very reason that I'm here at Davos, is to explain to many people in this room and who are watching, with all due respect, nothing personal, but that you're part of the problem. Political elites tell the average people on three or four or five issues that the reality is X when in fact reality is Y. Take immigration. Elites tell us that open borders and even illegal immigration are okay. The average person tells us in the United States that both rob them of the American way of life. They're right. President Trump will take that on on behalf of the average American. Elites also tell us that public safety isn't a problem in big American cities. Just travel to New York or Washington or Dallas, Texas. The average person will tell you that the lack of public safety damages not just the American way of life, but their life. President Trump will take that on. Thirdly, I guess the favorite at the World Economic Forum is climate change. Elites tell us that we, we have this existential crisis with so-called climate change, so much so that climate alarmism is probably the greatest cause for mental health crisis in the world. The solutions, the average person know, ba based on climate change, are far worse and more harmful and cost more human lives, especially in Europe during the time that you need heating, than do the problem and the problems themselves. Fourth, two more here, Robin. Okay. The fourth, China, the number one adversary, not just to the United States, but to free people on planet Earth. Not only do we at, at Davos not say that, we give the Chinese Communist Party a platform. Count on President Trump ending that nonsense. And fifth, as we sit here, another supranational organization, the World Health Organization, is discussing foisting gender ideology upon the global South. These are practices that are under review, if not being rejected by countries in Northern Europe. The new president, especially if it's President Trump, will, as you like to say, trust the science. He will understand the basic biological reality of manhood and womanhood. And do you know why? Not because of retribution, not because he's a dictator, but because he has the power of the American people behind him. And it's connected to Senator Portman's excellent point that in addition to needing a vigorous executive, we look forward to having the popular will inform both the House and Senate in 2025 to pass laws on all of those issues and many others. Ultimately, Robin, I think President Trump, if in fact he wins a second term, 
is going to be inspired by the wise words of Javier Millet, who said that he was in power not to guide sheep, but to awaken lions. That's what the average American and the average free person on planet Earth wants out of leaders. Very clear points, and that'll give a chance for everyone to come back, including on the Q&A and uh, any particular issues they want to challenge. The one thing I will challenge, we can come back to it later on, Kevin, is what will be the mandate of the American people if, A, the mandate tends to be a popu- not a plurality of the vote? If, if he and wins the election, the country. mandate's clear. Kevin keeps saying if he wins the election. Can I ask, Kevin, is there any conceivable way in which if he win- loses the election, he will accept that he's lost the election, or, would you add, or whether you would accept that? What was the last part? Do you accept, would you accept if he loses the election that he's lost the election, or would it be like last time? If we're sure that there's election integrity, but I'm not sure that we can be. (laughs) I think you've answered my question there. We're we're not not going to get to that one, so mark that one for the moment. Uh, Uh, Mail-in balloting has to end. Day one of the Trump presidency, what does he do? What are the first two or three actions that he does? Thanks for the question. As soon as what I hope is a very brief inaugural address concludes, and brief not because what would be in it would be unwise, quite the opposite, but because our country's on fire, there needs to be pushing through Schedule F civil service reform so that the president can fire a good number of the unelected bureaucrats in the administrative state. The administrative state's the greatest threat to democracy in the United States, and we need to end it. The second thing is he needs to really confront all of the policies surrounding so-called climate change. We've had a great discussion here by Walter and Allison, who are excellent. On he that said this point, in Davos, about by the focusing way. <laughs> on fiscal policies that have nothing to do with wrongheaded and really harmful subsidies of wind and solar. We yeah. love wind and solar energy at Heritage. We just want them to stand on their own in the free market. And because that affects human prosperity, more than a billion people in the world have been lifted out of poverty in the last 35 years because of fossil fuels. The president is going to take that on. And the third thing that he's going to do, I think, and and this would be a bit of a departure from his last administration, when he spent too much money, is really be focused on fiscal restraint. Because we simply can't afford it. It's something that transcends the political left and the political right. And I can certainly tell you from the standpoint of heritage, and all of us at Project 2025 will be zealously supportive of all three of those actions. Oh, absolutely. Uh, That was great. I I just, you know, I've been wanting to play that all week long. And, uh, Thankfully, uh, we had time today to do that. I want you to hear this thing about uh, uh, Anthony Fauci that resurfaced. It's an interview. It's been proven that when you make it difficult for people in their lives, they lose their ideological BS and they get vaccinated. Let's take a listen to this. Now, this newly resurfaced interview reveals what he really wanted out of all those COVID mandates. Once people feel empowered and protected legally, you are going to have schools, universities, and colleges are going to say, you want to come to this college, buddy? You're going to get vaccinated. It's been proven that when you make it difficult for people in their lives, they lose their ideological bull**** and they get vaccinated. Can you believe that he said that? I mean, I can, but wow. Wow, that is just wow, right? Absolutely crazy. So, I also, uh, well, let's take a listen to this one. Is Biden frustrated? People overwhelmingly say he's failed on the economy. And Jean-Pierre, let's see what she has to say. 
president frustrated that Americans are feeling better about the economy, but they're not feeling better about his role. I think what the president is is proud to see is that the data is showing that consumer confidence is up, is that we're able to see gas prices under three bucks in more than tw in 27 states. That's important. That's what the the president is happy to see. The president is 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 happy to see that we've created more than 14 million jobs. That's what we're going to continue uh, to work on. An economy that is that uh, that uh, that makes sure that we build it from the bottom up, middle out. And let's not forget, we're going to continue to lower costs for the American people. <laughs> and so as long as we do that, as long as we do our job, the president does his job, then that's what matters. All right. So just 13% of Americans say they're better off financially under Joe Biden. 13%. That's what he's up against. It's the economy, stupid. So Peter Ducey says to Kirby, why are you guys making it easier for people to enter the country illegally? Let's take a listen. Uh, why are you guys making it easier for people to enter the country illegally? I believe we are. Why do you think we are? Well, you guys sued to cut razor wire that was put in place by Texas officials. So the Border Patrol could actually do their jobs, but keep going. Well, you won in court. So now what? The Border Patrol Union president is saying the Supreme Court's decision is going to undoubtedly encourage more illegal immigration. Do you guys know better than the Border Patrol Union? The Border Patrol needed access, and that's why we sued to get rid of that uh, razor wire, so that they could do their jobs. And you know what would also help them do their jobs, Peter? More border patrol agents. There's an idea, and if you go back to the <laughs> they want more judges to process in, more people for some 1,300 additional border patrol agents. We want to help them do their jobs. We want to give them more resources. And the answer we kept get, keep, keep getting back from House Republicans is no, no, no. Does razor wire work? Does razor wire work for what? Does it work for the border patrol to allow them to have the access they need to be able to? Uh, to better process people that are uh, trying to get across the border? I don't think so, and that's why we asked for it to be removed. But what is the president's plan? This is happening just weeks after 300,000 people came into this country over the southern border illegally. The razor wire officials down there think was keeping some of them out, and you guys just sued and won. To remove it on, on behalf of the border patrol, who needed who needed to have better access to it. Look, let me go back to your other question, and I I, I know I'm running short on time, so I, I won't I won't filibuster here. But what's the plan? Please look at the stuff we've put forward, the immigration reform uh, legislation that the president put forward on day one, the work we're doing in the region. Just last week, we had uh, Mexican officials here to talk about how together we have and will continue to try to stem the flow of migrants. You mentioned the, the numbers. So they're just no question, flat out. They're just flat out lying is what they're doing. So that's what they're doing. Anyway, um, we're at the end of the Scott Adams show, obviously, and uh, look at the clock. And uh, I just want to say, um, before we head out of Dodge, be sure to check out MAGAPAC.org. Make a donation if you can to keep the Scott Adams Show commercial free. Also use Red State over at MyPillow.com. And with that, we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, everybody.